is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the very sunny city of Meadowdale, Washington, where I am not worried about the race war across the country, but more worried about lawnmower apocalypse. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. I hadn't heard about lawnmower apocalypse, but from Cascade Locks, Oregon, I'm Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> when we made the plan to do the podcast on Monday, it didn't strike me yet, but for some reason, this is uh, as bizarre as this sounds. The like, so quarantine's weird, right? Like everybody out there can this can can give us their feedback on how things are strange, and you end up doing the same day over and over and over again. Somehow, some way, every neighbor within two or three houses has started mowing their lawn every Monday. <laughs> Maybe it's mm. just how we get the week going, but it's almost like. Uh, you know, you have certain animals, they're living together, and then they start to cycle together or something. It's like, <laughs> we are literally all mowing our lawns on Monday. And I, not to be left out, would like to mow my lawn maybe after this podcast. So there you go. On it. Lawnmower apocalypse. Also, good to remember when I'm recording show that we steer clear of Mondays. Or, you know, maybe it's not that bad. Can you hear it? I can hear it. It's just like a little hum. All right. Background. Fair enough. Well, um, not, it looks like just over a week, week and almost eight, nine days since we've done a podcast, and really nothing's happened. Oh yeah, not much. Nothing's <laughs> nothing, falling apart. Nothing know. seems nothing seems to be uh, going any differently. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I wanted to welcome any people who who uh, follow James Corbett who may be listening to us. But he put us on recommended listening on his last newsletter. So, oh really? That is, that is pretty cool. So we just want to say hello to them. And I tried to put some some thoughts together to be a little less scattered and uh, ADD ridden as uh, I usually am. So anyway, I there's been so much to talk about. I think first off, I just want to talk about, you know, we kind of you and I, we take a lot of stuff for granted, I think, when we talk to each other. And I think maybe that's the the flow of our show is that we just talk about stuff and we, we tend to agree. And when then we're sarcastic about it and hey, it's just the, the recipe for our show, but we never really stop and really get too down deep. I know you tried to, you did with the five G recently, but um, I don't necessarily think we can do that now, but it just, just back to like, just wanted to chop some stuff up into like digestible bits. And the first thing is a lot of information coming out over this last couple of weeks whether it's Twitter, I don't know. You can give me your, your feedback on Facebook. Um, I've even seen a little bit on Reddit, although I do try to stay away from there lately. And just in my own life, right? Like people talking about this, the coronavirus numbers manipulation. And oh. I think that you and I are in full agreement on that this is definitely what's happening. We're getting a lot of manipulation. But how, why, what's going on, what, who wins, who gains – I had a good, great talk, conversation with our, one of our old friends recently, and, and he was more of the opinion that, you know, that, that this was real and, and that the numbers hadn't been manipulated and whatnot. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are like that. But I do think there's a lot of people out there who are kind of fed up with it. 
um, you know, I went, so, you, you know, I'm in here in the Seattle area and, uh, I went to the store yesterday. I went to the hardware store, Lowe's, if you can call it a hardware store, uh, to, to pick up some stuff for the house. And uh, my son was going with me. And I was talking to him. I was like, you know, we may not even be able to get in because we don't have masks. We had a couple of masks in the other car, but we took this car. And so there's no masks. So we just, we're just, just like, hey, let's just walk in and pretend like <laughs> we don't know what we're doing and uh, walk around. I would say... 40 to 60% of the people in the, in the store, even though it said masks required to enter, 40 to 60% people percent of the people, no masks. Wow. I think people have, I think they've had it. I think yeah. there's only, there's only so much people can take. And mm-hmm. uh, I think we've, they've pushed it, the, the envelope a little too far with this, this lockdown and, and what's going on here. Um, I think we've talked about uh, one of the the motivators from numbers manipulation is the trillion dollars stimulus package for you know all the states includes bonus money for if you have people with coronavirus if, if they die with coronavirus this is this is uh, money that you know you'll get from the federal government for your state for your medical system. Um, there's a lot of reasons why they would want to, um, and I think you know let's just point right back to. Uh, to the Corbett Report and the podcasts he's done on Bill Gates and how he has single-handedly influenced almost every, you know, possible facet of medicine. And it, no matter where you look, when you get down to it, you know, whether it's Johns Hopkins or who or the who or the CDC, you know, there's Gates' hand, Gates' involvement, Gates' foundation donations, <laughs> you know, Merck. Uh, uh, I have, I'm watching this other one on... Uh, on, uh, the, on 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 Robin Hood, Remdesivir, which is uh, I keep forgetting the name of this. It starts with an M. Moderna, you know, mm-hmm. there's all this, and Moderna is like some stock that you know before they pop this last little bit, you know, the Bill Gates, you know, the foundation bought invested a bunch of stocks or donated a bunch of uh, money to them. It just it all stinks, man. It all it all stinks. Yeah, uh, I would throw in. Uh, He's involved in 5G, and he's involved in every single tracking and tracing program, too. That's, so, yeah. You know, all the biomedical, uh, let's see if we can, t- you know, track every financial transaction, every time you get a vaccine, every, you know, or if you don't, haven't had your vaccines. Um, he's involved in all of it. So, so we have that here. That was something... Uh, hadn't brought up, but we have that here. So, if uh, so, I took one of m- one of my kids to the doctor, and uh, they checked for vaccines. You know, and, and he's very young; he's only three. So, uh, we knew right away, like uh, that they were kind of tracking vaccines and stuff. But nothing was really electronic yet. So, you know, in the beginning, it was a you know it was a bit of a struggle here and there. But this most recent checkup where he went to the doctor. Um, it was a completely new doctor, as you can maybe imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew ex- immediately exactly how many vaccines he had had. Really? Uh, mm-hmm. And had it all hooked into... I said, well... She said, well, it looks like he's had this one and this one. Um, and that looks like about it. And, uh, you, know, what's, you know, what about these ones? And what's going on with this one? And he's not, you know, not time for this one, but maybe time for this one. And I just, you know, I just, my mouth just kind of dropped open. I said, well, where... This is our first time to this, this physician. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting this information? Oh, well, you know, the, the uh, Washington State Public Health, you know, they now have a, a login. Hey, 
<laughs> and uh, they now have a lot, you know, like a, a, a login page or whatever, and you can go in there and see exactly who's had what. Oh, great! Yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, what what, what could go wrong? <laughs> I don't know. So, I don't know. What you're saying is that, you know, if there was some good computer hacker out there, they could do some, they could do a good thing and just update everyone's vaccination records that show they've had all their shots already. I'm still waiting for Anonymous to erase my credit card debt, man. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess that's possible. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of where we are. And then, you know, they tried to do a beta test. They tried to launch. This didn't hit anywhere. They were going to call it the wonderfully named SCAN. Social. Mm. I, I should look this up. Did you hear about this? Scan. Yeah, I think I did it, hear about that. It was going to be a local thing, and the FDA actually shut it down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Gates was involved in that, too. Right. So, yeah. So it, it was very interesting um, that, that, you know, that's going to happen and that well, just shut down. I don't necessarily trust the FDA to shut it down. They they paused it probably right. until they can, you know, control it or whatever. But, but yeah, they want they want to know, you know. Well, they want to know everything, but they want to know what vaccines you've had. And I, I think that I was thinking about the mask thing. And, you know, there's some people that are kind of on the side of like, come on, just put on the mask, even if you don't think it helps, you know. But I think that this is a they're they're trying to get people um, both used to wearing a mask and sick of wearing a mask. Um, because I think when the vaccine comes out, they're going to say, well, we're, you know, it, it's recommended you need to get the vaccine. Um, but if you don't wear the vaccine, then you have to wear a mask everywhere. Yeah. And they, they've already done this with uh, healthcare workers during the H1N1 era. Right. It was you need to get the flu shot. If you don't get the flu shot, you have to wear a mask every day. All day, because you're you're putting our, our patients at risk of the flu. Um, so I, that's kind of my guess as to where the the mask thing is going. But we'll see. yeah, no, I agree. That I think that's exactly where we are. And you know, there's. It's kind of a strange assortment of uh, lots of people not wearing a mask and then lots of people wearing a mask even when they shouldn't and aren't required to and there's no possible way it would help. So it is it's kind of a, a crazy time. I sent you a, a picture from my hike yesterday of a mask hanging in a bush about three miles out on the trail that probably had <laughs> 10 people go by the entire day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you see people riding around in cars by themselves with a mask on windows rolled up. Like Corona is just going to fly in through the air. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I've I've got one other thing, but it's more coronavirus. Please hit it. Let's do it. So I threw a story in there because it's uh, it is your local news about my town or my county. Weird. Uh, Como News, which is Seattle, right? Right. That is. Uh, Hood River COVID-19 outbreak linked to duckwall fruit. Um, Hood River, Oregon. Oregon officials say a pear packing company in Hood River County, Oregon, is the site of the most recent COVID-19 outbreak tied to the agriculture industry. Um, Outbreak being uh, five cases. Or six employees, sorry. Um, the Oregonian Oregon Live reports Duckball Fruit is the first employer identified by state officials after they announced Thursday that they would disclose workplace outbreaks of at least five infections. The decision came after the state received heavy criticism for initially declining to identify towns and farms in Multnomah County, which has had two outbreaks since late April, totaling over 100 coronavirus cases. Um I, I thought this was interesting um, in light of the uh, Adam Curry interview with the, the Dutch guy, um, DeMond, I think was his name. Sure. Um, where he talks about, you know, it's outbreaks are dependent on the right kind of lo- cold temperature, low humidity conditions. And you can create those conditions um, inside a meat packing plant. Yep. Um, or in this case, a fruit packing plant. Same thing. Sure. It's all refrigerated. It's a, you know, it's this giant cold storage building, and that's where the outbreaks are happening. But what's crazy to me, and the, the towns and farms in Multnomah County, I think they. It's like a different fruit, but same idea, right? It's a, a packaging and, and cold storage place. Right. Um, so, and, you know, a, a couple points on that. I don't know that six employees um, counts as an outbreak. <laughs> that seems kind of ridiculous. Right. Um, I mean, we're talking a place that has a couple hundred employees, probably not that unusual for six people to have the flu at the same time or any other, you know, yeah, sure. Cold virus and be out sick. Um, you know, no one's, no one in Hood River County to this point has, has died from coronavirus, but I think it could be so much more targeted if the goal, if the goal was actually like, let's figure out what's going on with coronavirus and let's, Respond in a way that, you know, is efficient and helps, you know, control the spread of it. And there would be so much more focus on how does this thing spread? And instead, every playground um, (laughs) around has been shut down and taped off and and no one got the thing from playing on playground equipment. No, and it it's it's really sad to roll up with a three year old to a playground. And now you know what, what kind of world do we live in now? Every time we see a playground, uh, I just like hear, "Daddy, is, no, <laughs> Daddy, is that one close too?" 
Yeah. It's all here. And it's like, what a what weird world do we live in now where all playgrounds are shut down? Yeah. And and kids don't even get it. And if yeah. they do, they don't they're asymptomatic and don't have any severe repercussions. I mean the whole asymptomatic thing too. What a joke. Well, so uh Yakima County is the county in Washington that uh, currently is the, you know, hit hardest by coronavirus in Washington okay. state. So that's, uh, my wife is from there, used to live up there. So th- lots of um, agriculture, you know, there's a, uh, lots of cattle and cattle processing and lots and lots of, um, you know, if you've heard of treetop. Or right, of course, yeah. lots of companies like that. So it's not surprising that there's quite a few cases um, in those conditions. And yet still at the same time, they're like, if you go outside, you need to be wearing a mask. <laughs> it's, it's like it's not spreading outside like that. There's just so much um, general information that makes no sense. It's almost like they want as many people as possible to get it while um, also doing an experiment on who's going to, you know, go along with whatever ridiculous the thing. The beta test. Yeah. And I who's think. Who's going to fall in line? Yeah. Different states, different cities. Everything's done in a very similar way, but not identical way. So you get the different results, you know. Netherlands. Nobody even brings up wearing a mask. Right. But they've got all the other, you know, stringent shutdown in place. So. Yeah. I mean, I think we had an interesting kind of, you know, talk about this just because if what you're saying is true, or if what he was saying more or less is true, where it's got to be cold, has to be close environment. There's not a lot of air circulated. Uh, mm-hmm. Seattle had a very, you know, shortly after the whole kind of lockdown really got kicked into effect, uh, we've had one of the most beautiful springs we've had in years. Uh, April was, I think March was one of the driest springs or one of the driest months uh, on record. And then April was, it started off super rainy, but then ended up very beautiful as well. But the only reason I bring that up is because in the Seattle area, it never really gets hot enough to turn on the air conditioning, or very rarely. And so most people don't have air conditioning in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And when the sun is out and it's nice out like it is today, people open up the windows. Windows right. are open. Sunshine's coming in. Windows, you know, there's breeze coming through. Um, people are out walking around the neighborhood. It's just a different deal. So, you know, and, and our cases fell off almost immediately. Um, you know, people said it's because we're such a passive aggressive city. We can social distance without even trying. But <laughs> <laughs> but but, uh, you know, in light of kind of that information, it's interesting to see how, you know, our our place, our city reacted. Um, and then you look at like the high numbers in New York or in nursing homes. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the weather's been like there, but, you know, I, I picture at least, at least in Manhattan, a lot of apartment dwelling people kind of in a tight confined space nursing homes you know aren't necessarily always opening up the windows and airing out the place um i mean can you imagine a worse worse place to be than on a subway (laughs) yeah that makes sense on a new york subway sure you know if you want to talk differences between new york and los angeles 
subway versus driving, you know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sun versus not as much sun. Yeah. That's it. That's for sure a, a factor as well. Sure. But, you know, we were like a month and a half into this thing before Quom was like, you know, maybe we should clean the subways. It hasn't been done in a hundred years, but maybe we should do something should, like that. We should give it a whirl. Just, you know, see what it's like. <laughs> it might be something cool we could do. It's tough to get too much sunlight into a subway. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, we also touched base or talked about previously the uh, situation with um, the numbers being tested in such a way where it seems like yeah. they, they, they keep going back and retesting and retesting and retesting for the M it's like MRNA test or something to this effect. Um, and, and no, the, uh, there's, sorry, go ahead. I don't think it's the M- MRNA test, but maybe it's an RNA test. I'm, I'm not sure, but they, they're so worried to, to give a negative when it's actually a positive that they're spitting out tons and tons of positives. It's the PCR test. PCR. Thank you. That and they're pulling out, and it just—it's basically they're just drumming the numbers up, Mm -hmm. not even necessarily intentionally. You know, that's another thing. Oh, I think the whole world's involved in this great grand conspiracy. No, no, I don't. I think that this is a very interesting, you know, point of contention is the the test. If you put it through a bunch of times, eventually, you know, because of the strange nature of the coronavirus and how it's detected, you're going to get a positive. Basically kind of what i picked up it, from from that and i'll link to that interview did um, we was, did we talk about that on um, i don't think we did no okay so there's the standard for a pcr test is 30 i think they're called cycles right which more or less you know you get the swab you and then it's the cycle is a amount of time for it to reproduce and you eventually you should see coronavirus growing or not growing so there's the potential for coronavirus that's not the coronavirus we're talking about because there are lots of coronaviruses for that to create false positives and then also for um when you run it most pcr tests are done 30 cycle no more than 30 cycles COVID-19 testing is done 35 to 40 for the most part. So very possible to create false positives. And I, th- I think where we're seeing a lot of those false positives is, is in a case where, you know, like at a meatpacking plant or something like that, where some people get sick and so they get tested, they have it, then they test everyone. And I think there's the potential where, like yes, you were exposed to it and had a little bit in your system, but you're not you're not infected, sure. and that's showing up as a as a false positive. So I I think some percentage of the quote asymptomatic people are really false positive tests, but that's that's I, my guess. But I would I would tend to agree with that too. And that, that, like I said, that doesn't that doesn't mean that. Every time a test is given, they call Bill Gates' office and check with him and see if it's a you know thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> it's just um, a mismanagement of the tests, a mismanagement of the the data, and you know people do, trying their best to do their best 
kind of like you said, compartmentalize, but continue to. Uh, well, and they, they figure, you know, if we say someone's positive and they're not, that's not going to hurt anything. But if they, we say someone's negative and they really had it and they spread it to a bunch of people, oh, it'd be so terrible. So, you know, it, there's a certain logic to it, but it, that also is not without problems. If you Certainly. Know. So and then. From that, we go to just, I think that a lot of people are noticing the coronavirus numbers manipulation, not necessarily the things we're talking about here, but just I'm seeing a lot of, you know, fatigue. People, right. this doesn't make sense. Why were we all locked down for this? There's just, it. you know, people are starting to notice that something something's rotten. This doesn't seem right. Um, and I think that's across the board. Have you seen that kind of in your day-to-day life? Yeah, so I, t- I took my oldest daughter to her first uh, coach pitch Little League practice uh, last week, last Wednesday. That sounds fun. And um, the coach was there, and he's wearing a mask. He's like, they told us so you had to wear masks. You know, I don't want to wear a mask, but I was told I had to. He's like, so I'm just... Uh, trying to get a feel for it. How many of you parents are worried about coronavirus? Like unanimous, spontaneous, like, no, no. Ah. <laughs> like, everyone was just like, <laughs> everyone, you could tell everyone had had it. Everyone's was, like, I, I like the, it's good. Like kids need to be outside playing anyway, you know? It's, yeah. So there is a, there's a backlash uh, to this brewing. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I can't tell you how many times I've been walking around the park and see another toddler and their parents, nobody wearing a mask and toddler just going bananas and like knowingly give them the nod or even just like, they'll say to me like, I can't keep them inside. It's like, you cannot keep toddlers no. inside. You can't keep kids inside adults. You know, I guess if you really, you know, put, you know, batting down the hatches and, get in front of your Netflix and put on a bunch of weight, you know, the quarantine 15 or whatever they're calling it, you know, you can do it, but kids, they, they don't want to stay inside. I, I actually really feel for uh, people who live in Manhattan or in, just in, you know, apartment complexes and stuff with small children. Oh. This must be tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even under n- normal circumstances, it would be tough to be in an apartment, but, but now, especially. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, brutal. And so that moves us into the next kind of topic I was wanting to discuss, which is it looks like we're basically looking at individual rights versus trust in the government. <laughs> yeah. And who's concerned with individual rights and who trusts the government? And I think a lot of our friends and colleagues and people out there are on one side and a lot of them are on the other. Um I think less and less on the trust the government side, but hey, I talked to a good friend of ours who who was kind of on board with the numbers and whatnot. So, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it doesn't seem to me the First Amendment leaves a lot of room for interpretation. <laughs> Congress shall make no law. Right, right. I the Supreme Court case. I mean, John Roberts has to be the worst. Supreme Court pick by a Republican president in, you know, 80 years or whatever. Um, For him to say, like, oh, no, of course, uh, of course, 
California can tell you whether or not you can go to church because um, because they can tell everyone else that too. It's like, yeah, everyone else isn't explicitly pointed out in the First Amendment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting establishment of religion, prohibiting the free exercise thereof, abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances. So you've got the the press, you've got the right to peaceably assemble. You do not have the right to riot, (laughs) but you have the right to, to peaceably assemble and protest. And you have the right to to go to church or <laughs> exercise thereof. Yeah. Um, and it is very disheartening to see how cowardly, you know, 99% of the churches are. So. Yeah, I do. I, I see both sides, though. I see both sides kind of. It's a it's a tough place to be in. You know, they don't want to to get in. I don't know, man. They don't want to get in trouble either, so it's just a, it's yeah, a tough and, deal. I mean, there's a certain amount of, like, okay, well, we're going to take the heat for it. But at the same time, you know, if, you're, if your church is out in a county with zero cases, I think you're okay opening up. <laughs> you know, if you've got a, a church in an area with an outbreak, you know, Okay, fine. Close or or try and do an outside service or do, you know, something else. But it's it is really disappointing to see just the full. Not even, um, you know, some churches are like, well, we don't like it, but we're okay. And but some of them are all in. Like, oh no, we want to keep people safe. And this- so the the backlash is coming, and even even there. Mr. Inslee, um, Governor Inslee has had to kowtow to the backlash that has has popped up. And it was uh, sometime last Thursday or Friday. He said, effective immediately. Churches can meet outdoors, maintaining social distancing with uh, masks on. So that wasn't going to be till like phase two or three or whatever. And his whole phased approach all politics aside, this guy has no plan. It's just he—he he is the worst kind of bureaucrat. You can listen yeah. to him speak for forty-five to minutes to an hour and a half and get no information. It's amazing. Yeah. It's actually amazing in that right. Like, how can he continue to speak that long, giving no information? Well, you know, and then here's a white paper I made, and here's this, and we're teaming up with this, you know, and we think that this is the phased approach, and. Here's our color codes. Like, what are you talking about? What in the world are you talking about? Anyway. um, But I think he was even feeling the pressure. And in Washington State, not a very churchy state. um, And they're, they're, you know, outdoor things are allowed now. So my church hasn't moved forward with anything yet. We'll see uh, how that that all works out. But, yeah, it's, it's, I think people, people kind of had it. And I think that uh, civil unrest is at an all-time high. Uh, which yeah. kind of moves us moves us forward into some other stuff, mm-hmm. and that is uh, the riots that are going on. But even before that, the murder of George Floyd. So this whole thing supposedly took place on Monday. Um, so just a week I found ago. 
just a week ago. I have an older son. He is a teenager, and uh, I haven't talked about him too much on the show. He didn't used to live here, but now he does. Uh, within just a few minutes of him getting, you know, his uh, his Chromebook so that he could go online and and do what you know whatever it is that teenagers do. I, I kind of regulate it with chores and other stuff. So within just a couple of minutes of him getting it, he told me about it Monday night. <laughs> So I think that is, I think that it was everywhere immediately. Boom. Mm -hmm. Like it was just everywhere. And it was like on Monday night and then we went into Tuesday and it seemed like this was going to be more of the topic that was going to happen. Or Wait, was that? No, no, that wasn't Monday night. That was actually Tuesday night when he told me that. Then we moved into Wednesday and I started to see that, hey, a lot of people are talking about this, but we were actually... Uh, doing something else as a family. We were elsewhere. We weren't even at the home here. We, you know, doing what you said, rebelling by <laughs> participating in life normally. Right. Um, and so we didn't really notice anything too much. Uh, Thursday, we were in the car most of the day doing some some different stuff. Um, and then, so by the time I get home Thursday, I don't even really know what's going on. And right before bed, I just open up Twitter, like, not a good idea. Uh, <laughs> in uh all of a sudden, you know, I just start getting hit with this, the, the Minneapolis stuff. You know, the precinct being, I like, I basically saw fairly live, the precinct being abandoned, being burned to the ground, fireworks going off, complete civil unrest. Um, that was kind of my experience with it. And I just want to kind of deconstruct what, we've, what we're looking at here. First off, spread of the video. I think everywhere immediately. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was hard to avoid. Like, if you were involved in any type of online activity, you saw it. Uh, reaction was very extreme, but delayed. It feels like everybody saw it Tuesday, Wednesday, but then we don't really get riots until Thursday or Friday. And it took some time to get organized. Get organized. Cop knew George Floyd. That was the thing we were just talking about before we came on air. They knew each other for 17 years. The other cop. Well, is that to be is there. that a fact? I I've. I haven't seen. Is that a fact? That, okay, so let's not let's not let's not say things that aren't facts. They knew each other. They worked together at a nightclub nearby. Well, we're we gonna okay. go with that. No, I. Well, I don't know because I'd heard he'd moved there from Houston like this year. Okay. So I don't know how he how he would have worked somewhere for seventeen years and. Maybe he didn't work for 17 years. Maybe it was just a short amount of time at the nightclub. There's also the strange ad, or the strange kind of almost late addition to this whole thing that George Floyd is a twin. Oh, really? Have you seen this? No. So <laughs> if he's still alive, that's his twin. I mean, if, if there's another person, then that's a twin. That I don't know if that's true. And then there's the, also the extra strange addition of People screenshotting porn star that he's a porn star. You can find videos of him online. I didn't go do the due diligence to find it, <laughs> but apparently he's involved in porn. So all of that is really weird. But well, not what I want to focus on because we are not a crisis actors podcast. <laughs> but I am getting a lot of crisis actors feedback from friends and family. Yeah, like the mugshot photo doesn't exactly look like him in the video stuff like that so I don't yeah know. stuff like that plus um it is bizarre that he keeps his knee on him for that long it is bizarre that he can say i can't breathe if he actually can't breathe 
It is bizarre that he stares into the camera for eight straight minutes while this thing whole, whole thing happens. There's no reference to the guy who's being strangled that he knows the person who's doing it. The, the poli- two police officers have completely different badges. The uh, police car has a, a license plate that just says police, which I can't ever tell you I've ever seen that. Um, the lines on the road from the behind shot don't aren't there from the straight on shot. There's there's some strangeness going on in that video. Yeah. Also, everyone thinks the paramedics come and get them, but if you pay attention closely, they are not paramedics. They are police officers who come and get him and put him in a stretcher. They don't administer any kind of medical attention. They just put him on a stretcher and put him in an ambulance. Very weird stuff going on in that video. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say it's a crisis actor situation, uh, but I'm not saying it's not. I don't know what's going on, but there is definitely enough to be curious about with the uh, with what's going on. Well, the family of George Floyd um, had an independent op- autopsy done, which oh yes, which does say he died from asphyxia due to just due to sustained forceful pressure. Interesting. um, Because the original autopsy had said that he had died from a heart issue. Right. Interesting. Which, um, you know, going back to the uh, Arkansas days of the Clintons. Oh, yes. um, I would say getting, if someone you care about was, involved in a tragic you know tragic death pay for the independent autopsy but sure um lots of times the the coroners are tend to be uh, important people to have on the take if it's a corrupt government so absolutely absolutely and you can see that just in like cop dramas you know you can see them go in hey what's going on what's really going on with this blah 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 right and that brings us to the the fruit du jour. What is it? How do you say that? The well, one one other thing about that. Okay. So does uh, Minneapolis just have the dumbest district attorney on the planet, or was he trying to incite violence? Because it, please explain to me why you don't file first-degree murder charges as leverage. Um, and then you can always you can always drop it down later. You can always make changes later. But for the initial press conference, be like, yeah, it sure looked like you killed him. We're going to go with that. Sure right. looked like you killed him on purpose. We're charging murder one. And to, to already concede, like, um, oh, you know, we'll try a manslaughter charge because it, it was an accident and he probably didn't have anything to do with it because the autopsy says he didn't. So, you know, it's probably just an unfortunate deal, but we'll we'll do a manslaughter charge. Or is that because that is the launching point. That's a good point. Yeah. It wasn't the release of the video. It's the launching point is the district attorney's filing. And the. Yeah, and he had. So people people have seen this before. Now the circumstances were different before, but I think 
the the part of the reaction that was organic and i think there's a lot that wasn't but the part of the reaction that was you know just a, a people's true reaction to this and anger is because they feel like they've seen this script play out before and they and, have and spoiler alert the cop doesn't go to jail absolutely taxpayer funded fines they're fined. Yeah, the, right. the police department's fined. The taxpayers end up footing the bill. The uh, the family sues. The taxpayers foot the bill for the for the legal fees and then for to pay them out the millions to the to the victim's, victim's family to the victim's family exactly. Which, which so, includes I mean, a shut up slave order exactly. Uh, which includes a you know non disclosure agreement. So and that was one of the things I, I wanted to touch on too. And I keep asking this to people who, you know, now it's every, you know, middle-aged house mom, housewife <laughs> is posting, you know, justice for George Floyd and all this. And the thing I keep asking myself is, why this one? You mm-hmm. and I have been doing the show since 2011. We're coming up on 10 years we've been doing the show. Obviously, we skipped two years, but, we, you know, we've been over a period of 10 years. Um, how many of these have we seen? Seen a lot of them. I mean, of, dozen, of, two dozen, three dozen. You know, I mean, it's a lot. Like, there's a, and, and this stuff that we don't even talk about necessarily on the show. People getting. Sh- I mean, the the Mexican guy that got shot in the hallway of the hotel a couple of years ago while obeying orders and laying down. I mean, there's just so many well, of the, these. The Bart cop shooting and the Bart uh, cop shooting. Uh, Fruitvale Station. The guy's, the guy's yep. face down on the platform, yep. handcuffed, yep. hands behind his back. And the cop shoots him in the back. And I don't think... And, that, and what was the punishment for that? I don't think he had one at all. Um, he said he was reaching for his taser. Uh, he may have been banned or suspended. I'm not even sure. But and before anybody gets on our case and says, hey, they did riot in San Francisco about that, that's certainly not the level of rioting we're seeing right now. Why this one? Well, and... Yeah, I... <laughs> And I I don't think this is unrelated to coronavirus lockdown. Absolutely. And it's it's not unrelated to Donald Trump either. You know. Absolutely. These are all but I but I think the the truest part of it is people do see that there's injustice and rightfully so. Now um yeah, we've been pretty anti-police brutality since this podcast started. One of the major themes of it, actually. But but guess what? There's no legislative solution to that. No. <laughs> like, the, the, the designed New World Order solution to this is federalized police. Yes. And that's always the push. That was the push under Obama every time there was one of these. It's like... Oh, it's just those bad local cops. If if we could do the right kind of training and the right kind of, you know, enforcement from higher up, this would all go away. Absolutely bogus. Uh, the FBI, despite having way less stuff to do than local cops in aggregate, um, way more bad incidents with the FBI than with uh, local law enforcement. Absolutely. So, yeah. People I recently be. watched the Waco on Netflix. Have you seen that one? Uh, no, I have not. But um, you know, I, I saw the original. 
<laughs> so did I. So did I. But I watched the, I've watched the series version, and it's uh, it's pretty. It's not very, uh, uh, not very kind to the FBI. Uh, that's good, as it shouldn't be. And it, and they did they did Ruby Ridge too. They really went through them. They were not kind at all. So, uh, riots. Very convenient timing for Joe Biden, who had the worst presidential gaffe I've I've ever heard. Maybe. If you don't vote for me, you're not black. You ain't black. You ain't <laughs> vote for me. You ain't black. The, there the, you go. The phony southern accent is insulting on its own, even when it's not saying, <laughs> you know, the Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, fake southern accent, uh, you know, from northeasterners, insulting on its own. But to to say, if if you can't tell the difference between me and Trump, you ain't black. There you go. Um, I guess he could have said, um, he could have added, like, if if you're too stupid, you know, he could have thrown that in, too, but to make it worse. (laughs) But that's about it. (laughs) There's a lot of tape of him talking about Obama when he first came out. Here's a black man that's articulate. And (laughs) this guy's like, he's like smart. It's amazing. (laughs) And black kids too, and smart ones, smart black kids. Like what? What are you talking about? Anyway, uh, um, what, what was his? What was his other quote? Like, uh, um, poor kids. Yeah, that's like minority poor kids can can do just as well as white kids. Something yeah, like that. something like that. <laughs> They're smart too, or something. Um, Pent up aggression from the quarantine. I mean, this is, they've locked people up for too long. People have been locked down, losing their job. I mean, I've been angry. I have civil unrest. <laughs> it's just me. And uh, I'm not as affected as some of these other people. I think this is a, a crazy kind of release. They, they took away the relief release valve. Yep. They took away sports. They took away everything. And so, yeah. what, and, and you talked about that being a mistake. Well, and, um, you know, I, I tried to think back to when I was in high school, right? I mean, like, I lived for sports, golf season, basketball season. Like, like if I'd had an entire, you know, my senior uh, golf season taken away because of this, yeah, it would have crushed me at that at that time. You know? Yeah, I can't imagine so, being a senior in high school right now. Yeah, and just yeah, it's it's brutal. Here, I, this was a tweet I found online, but it, I think it was a really really uh, poignant. Step number one: instill fear. Step number two: lock people in their houses. Step number three: drive tens of millions out of work. Step number four: remove pressure valves. Sports, concerts, bars, theaters, lunch with friends. Step number five, close the churches. Step number six, dehumanize through masking the healthy. Step number seven, wait. Step number eight, strike <laughs> match. Yeah. Oh, but don't forget step number nine, deliver bricks. Deliver bricks. And see, that's I, I wasn't going to get there yet, but I'm there now. Uh, here we are. Instigators are mostly white. From the very beginning of the Minneapolis thing, there is a cop. I can't explain confirm nor deny he's a cop but he's been matched up people have found his address and everything they've done photo matching you know once the internet gets after you you're in trouble um but this guy walks up dressed in all black 
almost like fatigues, big gas mask, like a professional one, wear black umbrella, walks up with a hammer and casually starts smashing all the windows at the auto auto center, auto zone. The first violent act in Minneapolis. And that's in the, you know, that for that, what's it called? Intersection where the uh, target is and everything else. That's like the first violence in the daylight. He does that conveniently breaks all the windows with a hammer. People follow him, film him. What are you doing, man? Are you a cop? What's going on here? He keeps turning around, getting mad. Quit following me. Quit following me. Uh, <laughs> that's that's suspect right there. And then uh, instigators are almost always white in every situation you watch. The very first people who get violent are almost always white. There is video of a guy in uh, Los Angeles paying a, a man cash pointing to some stuff over there. Hey, there's some picnic tables and stuff over there. And they run over and start grabbing picnic tables and, and doing whatever. But he's paying, he's on the streets paying someone cash. Many people who are arrested, or you can see them in the, in the videos that are online. I'm not talking about CNN and all that. One thing you can do, if you're really interested in this sort of stuff, download Snapchat like all the kids do. Mm. Enable location map let, so that you can see locations. You don't even have to know the people to watch their videos. And then tap on one of these hotspots. They're all Snapchatting it. Mm. So it's kind of like uh, surveillance, right? We have, surveillance, we have surveillance, too. We can see what's going on out there. Um, and so we start. I started doing that, and that's when I started noticing that people are being uh, paid to do this. And then a lot of the protesters who are getting arrested or who are in the middle of protesting have a phone number written on their forearms in giant magic marker. Hmm. And that phone number, is for, that's your bailout number. Oh. If you get arrested, you get stripped down, you will still have permanent marker on your arm. That's your bailout phone number. This has been organized by somebody, and by that person, I mean George Soros. I have no <laughs> proof of that, but, I mean, that's that's exactly what it looks like. Oh, come and on. Let's find a way to pin it on Bill Gates. It'd be great if you could. <laughs> but I have to go to the convenient bricks in Dallas. And this is how I found this was Twitter and Snapchat. But I found three different cases of bricks in the middle of the city for no apparent reason. One in Dallas, one in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and another one in downtown Manhattan. Where the guy just walks up and he's like, we got to be better, man. We can't fall for this riot and all the time. And he starts pointing out. He's like, look at this pile of bricks, man. How did this bricks get here? He like turns around, looks around some really nice area in town. No cops anywhere. No construction anywhere. Why is there a pile of bricks here? Um, same thing, Fayetteville. They found the same thing. The guy pointing the same thing out. Why is there bricks here? And then Manhattan, they rolled up and they all just you know, pulled the safety barriers back and there's just giant this in Manhattan they were like red bricks like this textbook out of a book bricks <laughs> red bricks sitting there with shovels and a couple other things um, that's weird that's super super weird as well as uh, there's a lot of talk on Twitter and different places about uh, water stations where there would just be giant stacks of bottled water on the corners hmm yeah, you know, that's normal. And then, then your bailout number goes to someone with the the Biden campaign. Did you hear about that story? Yeah. That 13 campaign staffers said, oh, yeah, we'll help pay to bail out the protesters. protesters. There's, a whole, there's a whole group of uh, who, I mean, there's an entire group of celebrities who were tweeting about yeah. this. Did you... 
I I couldn't even get myself to watch the whole video, but the person gets smashed with the bricks, and I think it was in Dallas. That that guy. So everybody started jumping on them. Look at these animals. Uh, that one actor who was always posting kind of right wing Trump support stuff. He tweeted out, "Look at these animals." Um, it looked pretty pretty terrible. A white guy getting destroyed by a large group of black people. Um, but there's some video from just before that where he's like, a, I guess, a business owner in the area, and he's running down the street with a with a sword in two hands, trying to trying to like swipe a sword at people. So never bring a sword to a brick fight. So, well, I mean, how about if you lose the sword, you're in deep trouble. Yeah. <laughs> If you're outnumbered and 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 somehow end up losing your sword, all right. So Lincoln, Michelle, let's keep this going. MinnesotaFreedomFund.org donate. This helps bail out people from the uh, from the, the protests. I'm a Staff- little surprised there's anyone to bail out since they weren't uh, visibly arresting people for at least several days. Safety. At Josh Benny, matched. Next person. Seth Rogen, matched. Next person. Ben Schwartz, matched. Next person. Steve Carell, matched. They're all. They're all. Um. Um. What's the word? White liberals. Uh, virtue signaling. Yeah. They're no. They're all virtue signaling on <laughs> yes. Twitter that they're helping people get out. Yeah. That's that's their position. We'll help these rioters get out of jail. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm sure the uh, the peaceful protesters are the ones getting thrown in jail. Right. There was two other things I want to touch on too, in reference to pro- for uh, to uh, uh, predictive programming, and I can't take credit for this first one. Gons of uh, Canary Cry fame actually, you know, t- pointed this out and, and posted it on Twitter. But there was a Sublime song. Do you remember the Sublime song about the riots? Mm. If it wasn't a sublime radio hit, then I probably don't. Okay, yeah, so it definitely wasn't. It was on that album that had all the radio hits. But I know every word to that song. April 26, 1992, there was a riot on the streets. Tell me, where were you? So I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Okay, yeah, I've heard heard the song. You've heard that song, right? It's it's pretty famous, pretty infamous, and people roughly our age. Um it's interesting to look back at that now and think of that as predictive programming really taught you a little bit about like how to riot and what's going on with it. Um, I just out of curiosity started searching for that song on YouTube and found several videos of people who had basically taken the music and put it over the 2020 riots Mm. and were just, you know, so it kind of played in the background of that. But um, anyway, there's some definitely of interesting kind of predictive programming for a generation to think about. Um, and like I said, most of the instigators at the beginning of the violence are white. And so whether it's Antifa, it was really funny to hear people start saying, and I still think there are people out there who believe and are trying to say that it was white nationalists. Oh, which white is, nationalists are inciting the riots. Yeah, that <laughs> that uh, Lori was seeing some of that. And I'm like, I couldn't even believe some people were claiming that. Oh, it's insane. But there she, was a guy with four she, people came out with a, Go ahead. Yeah, she like dug into it to see if there was any evidence. And it, it all came from like one, you know, social media account of a supposed 
white nationalist talking about writing and it's like oh okay well that explains everything (laughs) the uh there's a there's very clear video of a guy who comes out with a trump hat to the protest gets starts getting yelled at and takes his hat off and tries to walk away and as he's walking away he just gets destroyed just people just start just throw him on the ground and just start kicking him and just just kill it you know i don't don't think they killed him but they Definitely. Oh, a, guy, a, a guy in Portland just made the mistake of showing up with an American flag. Yeah, that okay. we're sick of people like you. Yeah. By the way, can Portland be any more like at least? <laughs> let's let's see who has the worst liberal government full of soy boy protesters. Yeah. Anti Seattle or Portland? I gotta say, man, at least with the Seattle one, there are some black people there. Who seem to be peacefully <laughs> protesting? Portland, all white, all, all white. white, all masks, all violent. Like, yeah. what? Are, what are you guys doing? You have craft beer, delicious coffee, just all whitey, just out there with masks on, trying to beat up old men with with American flags. That's no. great. No, in <laughs> uh, great. Uh, I I did watch as much as I could stomach of the live coverage sure. of the Portland. Riots mm-hmm. and and this is like playbook uh, going all the way back to the Seattle WTO riots. Yeah, it did feel they, a little bit like that. They the cops let it happen. Yes, the first they night. did. Yes, they did. Everybody, every town, they let it happen. Every town. And then yeah. last night, though, then the night after, or like, especially last night, yeah. it wasn't going down. <laughs> right. One, Portland I mean, was Portland one, started kettling people last night. Once they decide it's over, it's over, right? Yep. This is not this is not an issue of like, oh, we don't have enough police, or they don't have enough tools to to control people. No, it's We've a been choice. Talking about this since the beginning of the show. It's definitely a, it was a choice to stand down. They have militarization weapons. They have tanks. They have all this crap. Yeah. Now it was, you know, you can make your draw your own conclusions about why they let it happen, but they let it happen. In and it was, each city, they they were going into the Justice Building in Portland and breaking stuff and and what have you. And there, you could not. The news station was there filming it, but you could not find a cop around there. At the Justice Building in Portland with people breaking windows and and bashing computers and throwing phones around. There were even people in in there working that had to, like, you know, run out of the room type thing. So and and no police protection whatsoever. Bizarre. It was bizarre. They allowed it to happen. It, It was Absolutely bizarre. And why? Because you want National Guard to come in? You want to normalize that? I mean, why did they allow it to happen? Yeah, there's the there's the federalization thing. There's the, um, I don't know, on the, uh, there's the mayors wanting to be uh, liberal. And, you know, we're on the side of the protesters, George Floyd. Because oh. um, Ted Wheeler, Portland's mayor, he was he was all in, you know. Like, oh, this is just another example of institutional racism and this and that. So. I, 
and to be clear, I'm all in too for peaceful protests, for doing, you know, for you know, trying to redress redress the governor or the government with grievances. I'm all in. That's awesome. But this thing took an antifa slash George Soros slash suburban white kids just wanting to break and steal stuff turn that was let to go. Yeah. Have you seen the CNN thing? Where they were attacking CNN? Yes. There is a video. It's 15 minutes long. So it's a little bit long. But it's a, a reporter on the steps inside the, the entrance. Okay, so it, just inside the lobby. On the steps. Behind a giant row of cops. And I have to tell you, I died laughing watching this. <laughs> he... There's, so there's, the people are breaking the windows outside CNN, okay? So right. some rocks come through, windows are broken, okay? There's roughly, I want to say, 12 to 20 police, arm to arm, standing in the lobby. And behind them is the staircase, and there's this reporter. He's got his microphone, and he's acting like he is in the middle of Vietnam. I mean, he's like, he's like, I got to go home to my wife and kids tonight. This is not how I want to go out. I mean, it's just... <laughs> nobody's dying they threw rocks through a window there's a bunch of people they're all black they're all standing outside they're all upset you know some people have umbrellas other people are throwing rocks and this guy starts talking about i want to go home to my family tonight and everything and well then go upstairs just walk away it just it was it was so bad it was so like if you watch it it's so funny like so really is, so is it, was it like a live stand-up thing? yes okay. yes yeah, cnn it. broadcast this it's so good for the first eight minutes it's super boring but then like it starts to escalate like more rocks come Ooh, that's what happened they threw a, a firework in so that somebody throws like a big firework in it goes right underneath the cops it explodes you know, smoke everywhere, and he's and he curses. He's like, oh, rah, rah. <laughs> 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 Just... <laughs> the... I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't laugh, but it's so. I'm gonna link it. I'll link the video on the show notes. I'll link the video to the interviews we talked about. I'll link the 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 convenient bricks videos. I'll try and link everything that we talked about in the show in the show notes, so people know we're not just making stuff up here. The um, the other things. I noticed about the coverage, the, like the local news coverage, is they had got a memo that said, you will say protesters. You will not oh, say, you will not say rioters, mm. even if it's declared a riot, you will say protesters. They said George Floyd's, you know, protesters of the George Floyd murder, or, you know. Over and over and over and over and over again. Didn't and then there's people smashing windows, walking out with stuff in their arms, and the newscaster is saying, "This isn't confirmed, but it sure seems like they're walking out of there with a lot of stuff more than they walked in there with." It. So, yeah, that's called looting. Somebody like, can call it what it is. That's looting. Somebody drove a Saturn in the front door of that Target. Yeah, like drove a car in there, was trying to load it up and drive out. Did you see? Okay, so the the best video clip I've seen it's the guy trying to load the ATM onto the city bus. <laughs> did you see that? I didn't. Has to be. It has to be staged. It has to be. <laughs> but it is comedy gold. So. 
So the bus is there, and he's got the ATM, like, and it's a small ATM, but it's still heavy. Yeah, it's an ATM. ATMs are heavy. So he's, you know, wobbling it six inches at a time. He gets it over to the bus, and then you can tell the bus driver's telling him, like, you can't bring that on here. And he's like, whoa, come on. And uh, the, the door is shut. Um, and he's like, oh, come on. We could have made money together. Come on. Don't do me like that. Don't do me like that. It was, it was hilarious. I, I have a hard time believing it's real. But uh, regardless, it, it was funny. <laughs> so For sure. There was one more thing on the predictive programming front was State of Emergency was a game by the same people that made Grand Theft Auto. And it was literally just about like trying to accomplish things while in the middle of a giant looting, like in the middle of a giant riot. Literally, the name and the name was State of Emergency. You're like a gangster and you're trying to accomplish some sort of mob boss or some sort of crimes, but in the middle of like looting everywhere. So convenient training there. Yeah. Very convenient tree. I'm not usually a uh, video games are bad guy. I'm still not, but that I think that that one is at least mildly interesting. And I think the one thing that I did take away from all this, and I I know that there were many other people on Twitter who basically took away the same thing, and it said, uh, and it was this one like I think she's a YouTuber. I think she does like makeup videos on YouTube. So like the most benign person that you could come across as far as mm-hmm. internet celebrity. Uh, she said that 2020 has taught me one thing. I need a gun. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's true. I think a lot of people are coming to that conclusion. Yeah. There's a lot of videos out there of there's the famous white guys who are standing outside the shop uh, in Minneapolis with the, you know, the AR-15s hanging off the front of them saying, you know, we're not going to let this business go down. We're making sure looters stay away. And they don't even really have to say anything. Looters just stay away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. got an AR-15 hanging off the front of you. They're going to leave that business alone. The next night, I think Wor- it was Works also- a little better than a sword. Absolutely. <laughs> it works way better than a sword. I think it was the next night that there was a videotape of uh, uh, black guys, and they were standing in front of this business, and it said black-owned, and they also had AR-15. They were holding AR-15s and shotguns and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Looters tended to move around that business. That business was not destroyed. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's interesting. You know, a lot of this stuff, as usual, for the for the New World Order conspiracy and the the great Satan. I don't even know what to call this, but just the the the, the grip of control tightening. There's always some side effects that happen, and I think one of them is people really starting to wake up to gun control and what gun, not gun control, but gun rights and what mm. what that means. I thought yeah. Killer Mike did a great speech. He did an eight-minute speech that kicked off the, the Atlanta City riots, or the, uh, just as Atlanta was starting up, he tried to, to calm it down. And I thought that was a really good speech. He's uh, He starts off I don't, I don't, I didn't want to come, and I don't want to be here. And then he talks about, you know, he, the George Floyd thing. But he basically just said, "Hey, don't go loot, don't go burn down your own house. It's your, your, your responsibility is to, to organize, strategize, you know, mobilize, and and you know, he said one thing he said that that was interesting though, and I wanted to get your take on it was the, he said the number one thing you can do is go online and fill out your census so people know who you are and where you are. Okay. I thought that was interesting. 
What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I never... I, I failed to... Um, understand? Yeah, I failed to it, understand it, how that's going to be an effective agent of, of change there. I, I uh, other than trying to, to more legislative seats? Maybe? More legislative seats? Because he does talk about voting after that. But I also think he's trying to say you can't get disappeared quite as easily if you're if you fill out your census. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Let people know where you are, who you are. No, and the I, next things he said, go beat them up at the voting booth. Vote these people out. Get mayors out. Vote attorney generals out. Vote you know district attorneys out, and uh, try to come up with yeah, a better cause, way. Because that's working really well. If only uh, you know Minneapolis and New York and L.A. If only they had some in Portland and Seattle. If only they had some um, liberal social justice warrior um, DAs and mayors, <laughs> then everything would be better. Oh, wait, I mean, we, we already do. Oh, so it's going to be awkward, Andrew, but uh, we have a communist on our city council. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess yeah. More, we need more communists, like more. I, I don't know. It's. Yeah. So I, I can't let a whole episode go by without doing some vaccine bashing. So okay. can I. Can I read right. one yep. article? Go for it. Yes, sir. Um, and I do recommend this site. Uh, it's childrenshealthdefense.org. It's from That's Robert, Robert F. Kennedy, F. Kennedy Jr. Sites. Yep. Yep. Um, he says, another Gates vaccine bites the dust. Sick monkeys everywhere. Uh, one day after revelations that the Gates, Fauci, Moderna, Moderna vaccine caused severe illness in 20% of high-dose recipients... Bill Gates got devastating, and keep in mind that that, uh, that same study was um, lauded as such positive news. Right. Go read the article for yourself, people. Um, the This article is about uh, vaccines that they gave to uh, monkeys, and let's just right. say it did not go well. So. Wow. I will definitely put that in the show notes. I apologize for having to cut it short. It was my own fault. I forgot. So thank you for doing the show, and I hope to talk to you again soon, man. All right. Have a good one. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim, or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com. And thank you for your support of this podcast.